Today's guest on the podcast is Charlotte Savely, also known as Charlotte Little Wolf, a lifelong creative and Renaissance woman living in the gorgeous Pacific Northwest. There's a lot we can all learn from her old soul and adventurous spirit. So without further ado, Charlotte, welcome to the show. Hi, Prince. <laughs> Thank you for having me. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. So why don't you let the AOV community know a little bit more about yourself? Uh, so uh, I'm Charlotte, Charlotte Little Wolf on Instagram. I'm a photographer here in the PNW. Lived in Seattle, now I'm living in Portland. Yeah, I basically love to shoot anything travel, commercial, editorial related. Yeah. Let's let's start with the the nickname. I'm sure that's always like an easy place to start. Where did the nickname Little Wolf come from? Uh, when I moved to Seattle, I went to this weird party on a rooftop, and my friend. Well, he's not really my friend. He was like this guy that was there was going around like giving everyone nicknames, and he was like, "You're Little Wolf," and I was like, "Done." And <laughs> So my friends have just like Nick called me that for years now. Like they just call me Little Wolf instead of Charlotte. Um, and it just kind of stuck. So, yeah. That's rad. Little, I mean, that's a really great nickname. I mean, a lot of people don't like usually nicknames. Like sometimes they're really awesome where they're just like, eh, I don't really like being called that. Right. Uh, totally. So Little no, Wolf. Yeah. All my friends that were there were like, oh my gosh, that's like, yeah, that's a great nickname for you. That's what we're going to call you now. And I was like, cool <laughs> that's hilarious i i call my girlfriend little bird because she just reminds me of just like a little bird that just wanders around from tree to <laughs> like she grew up out in oregon and on a 25 acre christmas tree farm so she's like oh, a little perfect she's like a little outdoor fairy so i'm just like yeah you're my little bird <laughs> cute that's so appropriate so uh how'd you get into photography charlotte Jeez, uh, I was kind of like ever since I was a little kid, I always had like one of those little disposable cameras, you know, from like Walgreens or whatever mm-hmm. with me at all times. Um, I was always getting like f- uh, film uh, developed and uh, making like little photo albums and stuff. <laughs> Super nerd. And then in college, I did, uh, I majored in photography and illustration. So, yeah, did photography in college, got kind of frustrated with it a little bit and put it down and kind of went more towards illustration for a few years. And then started getting into when I moved to the Northwest, I started hiking a bunch and then I wanted to pick the camera back up and got super back into it. So that's where I am. <laughs> let's, let's talk about your illustrations for a little bit for a minute because uh, I was checking them out on your website earlier, and your illustrations are seriously so good. <laughs> Thank you. I like, think your style is so, so cool. Old. <laughs> Thank you. They're so old. I haven't done any new stuff in a long time. But my professor in college, he was an illustrator for National Geographic. Mm-hmm. And so I was doing a bunch of um, medical scientific illustration, which is like my favorite thing. So that's where it comes from. That's so rad. I love like uh Renaissance type artists. Like I love when I meet artists that like, yeah, I'm a photographer, but I also do this and I draw and I paint and I can do this. And like, especially when they can do it well, it's like really, I don't know. It just makes me really happy. I like creative <laughs> people. So I really admire your work. I'm definitely a fan. 
Thank you. I find it hard. Sometimes I get the feedback that I'm like too scattered and like too all over the place doing too many different things, but I can't, I, I have to do it all. Like I just have always kind of like been a jack of all trades. Like I get bored doing one thing, so I have to just keep trying it all. <laughs> you know, I, I think there's something to be said for that. I feel like in today's world, like everyone wants to freaking be the expert in this or that. And, you know, the general consensus is like, it's better to specialize in one thing than to be good at a ton of things. And I agree with you. Like, I don't really believe that. I mean, the Renaissance was a real, you know, historic period in art and almost all those artists, uh, you know, Da Vinci, everyone, like they were all multi-talented artists and they did a lot of things extremely well. And so <laughs> uh, I don't think there's anything wrong with just creating and enjoying the process of all the different mediums and, and utilizing that in your art. I think it just makes you a better artist. Thank you. I, yeah, I agree. I definitely get a lot like, oh, you need to just hone in on your one thing and but then I've got a, landed a lot of jobs where they're like, we really like that you do it all. So it, it, I, I don't know, pros and cons to both sides, I suppose. Yeah, I, I think more than anything, it's just like making dedicated time to each specific thing, you know, but mm -hmm, totally. uh, I mean, if you if you if you're talented, you're talented, you know, like, hey, sorry that I can happen to paint, take photos and do video all really well, but nothing wrong with that. Do you remember what your first photograph was? Um, or like the first, I shouldn't say your first photograph, maybe the first photograph to where you were just like, wow, like I'm obsessed with this. Like, right. Um, okay. Well, I think probably, oh gosh, it was probably like 10 years ago. Now my dad gave me his old film camera. I don't even remember what it was, but I went on a hike with a few friends to Lake Tahoe. And I was just like sitting on this lake taking photos of this mountain. And I was like, yes, like, I love this. And that's <laughs> kind of like what started it all. That's rad. So let me ask you this. Were you like into being outdoors in nature before getting into photography? Or was photography something that kind of inspired you to get outdoors? So it's kind of actually in the middle. It's like I was doing photography. Then I stopped. Then I got into hiking and traveling and adventuring, and that brought photography back. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. As a photographer, obviously, built quite the brand, personal brand for yourself. You have a really well-known you know, gallery on Instagram. Uh, but with all that said, who is one of your favorite photographers? Like, who inspires you? If I had to pick two, you'd probably be embarrassed that I'd say this, but I would say, even though he's not a photographer... I still consider him to be, I love Christian Watson's stuff. Um, he's a good homie, 1924, us, or now house. Mm -hmm. His thing changed. Um, I love his stuff. I, I really get inspired by people that I actually know and are my friends. I tend to like look up to their work more because I feel like it feels like more personal to me once I actually know that person. And so also my really good friend, um, Icelandic Explorer, he lives in Iceland. He's like helping us plan our wedding. He's just like such a good friend. He's actually going to stay with us next week. Um, his work is incredible as well. Like Iceland is amazing, obviously, but just like who they are kind of shines through in all their photos. And that's like what I strive to do for sure. 
Absolutely. Yeah, no, Gunner's rad. So you're getting married in Iceland? Yeah, he's like helping us plan the whole thing because we're just so lost. But um, yeah, it's going to be crazy. Um, yeah. <laughs> That's so cool. Yeah, it's it's wild. It's been really insane to try and plan something from another country away. But <laughs> we have good friends over there that are helping us. So hopefully it'll go okay. We'll see. <laughs> it'll all work out. That's that's really beautiful. Uh, and it's it's really beautiful too to, to, to see how through community and, you know, through apps and social media and things, you're able to connect with really cool people in different parts of the world and like have friends to kind of help you like set up your wedding in a place that you know nothing about and they right. live there and so totally. uh it's really beautiful to see it's like it's weird it's like this one world economy to where it's like we have such direct communication that you can just like make things happen that you would have never like thought would be possible you know 20 years ago yeah it's crazy because i've been friends with those guys on instagram for like since kind of the beginning and then I went to Iceland and met them all and they were so amazing and became like our second family. And it's like now they're in our wedding. So it's just so funny how this silly little app can connect you to people all over the world. And yeah. That's beautiful. What is your, so you shoot all types of stuff. You do it really well. What's your favorite genre? Like what do you enjoy most? That is something that's always changing. I'm one of those people that like, can't make up my mind like once I'm too because like I love doing landscape stuff but then I get really bored of that um so I would say right now doing like portrait editorial stuff is more of like what's getting me excited I might actually make a create a second Instagram account that's more focused on that because yeah that's getting me just really excited right now going out and being creative with you know, a model or really, you know, a beautiful friend and just being creative and weird. I love doing that kind of stuff. But yeah, also just traveling somewhere new and cap trying to capture that landscape still like has my heart for sure. Oh, yeah. I, I think you and I are very similar. Uh, I don't like I don't like to shoot one specific thing either. It's really like you, I get bored. It's like, okay, like I want it. Like it's fun to shoot people sometimes. Sometimes it's fun to do landscape. Sometimes it's fun to do product stuff. Uh, and sometimes it's fun to just get super weird and just like do really weird creative stuff. That, like, <laughs> totally. Yeah. It's just out there, you know? And so like you, I just started a second account uh, just for that, basically posting black and all black and whites, but doing it as a slideshow and having like a color edit behind it and then possibly some behind the scenes stuff just to I don't know do something different that sounds so, awesome you should let me know the handle I will I will I don't want to make it public yet but I'll, I just I, I did the <laughs> okay. first post last night so I'll, I'll, I'll oh my I'll, gosh you're so, well, you're like my twin right now I was about to do my first post on the second <laughs> account today twinning <laughs> I know it was like last night my girlfriend's like you need to go to bed you have so much like, I want to get a post up on this well because I just so I saw you I saw you talking about the A7R3. Yes. I just got to uh, try it for my first time. Yes. And so since since I saw you asking about it, it's seriously awesome. I just started shooting on it a few days ago. I got that 85mm 1.4 G Master with it. So mm. like the portraits on this thing, like the bokeh is seriously insane. Uh, it does have a lot of lag if you don't have 
the fast SD cards. I saw you ask about that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, so I have the Lexar, uh, professional cards in there. So it buffers quickly, but then my buddy, I ran out of card space. So I had to borrow my buddy's SanDisk, which was a slower card. And like, it seriously takes ages sometimes to like for, so like (laughs) you want to like, make sure you're stocked up on fast cards because like the raw uncompressed photos are so large. Uh, they're like 90 megabytes and, Although they're beautiful, like it is a pain in the butt, like when you're firing shots and then you got to wait, you know, a minute for your like, camera to buffer right. before you can see anything. Um, oh, man. But besides that, uh, it's awesome. So just only thing is just, yeah, fast cards. Yeah, I'm still weighing the pros and cons because I, I love shooting on Canon. Um, but I just really love how innovative like Sony is being with like working with everyone right now. My friends at B&H Photo are actually letting me borrow some Sony's for a month to kind of like experiment. So I'm just going to play with that and then make up my mind after. (laughs) That's rad. Why do you think that is? Uh, Why do you think that since we're talking about cameras now, you know, why do you think that out of all the camera brands that Sony is, is diving so deep into the community and really starting to engage with artists on a personal level and building out their teams. They have tons of events while a lot of these other brands kind of, you know, they're not really doing much. Maybe it's just because they're they're younger, you know? So I think they're being, well, are they younger? I'm not really sure. They're being, they're just being smart about it. Like, I know so many people that are all jumping ship to Sony because they're doing the cool thing. They're working with people. They're, you know, it's not some, like, crazy goal that will never happen to work with Sony. Like, you can make it happen. Whereas, even though I love Canon, I love Nikon, it's like, they don't really work with people, you know, very much unless you're crazy, crazy up there. Or, you know, a lot of their team is all male, too, which really bothers me. I love that I see some girls on the Sony team. So I think that's really important, too. So that's kind of all things I'm thinking about. And I think that's, like, how they're doing it right. Absolutely. Yeah, it's... uh. It's interesting, like you, you know, I love all the, the camera brands. I shoot on everything. I, you know, I have Sony's, I have my can, I, I still have a 5D Mark II that I love to death. But yeah, it's, it's, it's really interesting that Sony's really grasps the community aspect. And uh, it's really beautiful to see them out there empowering the artists and, and just giving them, you know, resources and, and tools and, and, and things to help them create more art with their cameras, which in my head just makes sense. And you would think that everyone would be doing something like that. It's also really cool. Sony seems to have a better tie into the Instagram community. I do think there are like these two separate worlds of like the professional photographer. uh, And then there's like Instagrammers, not to say that they're not professional photographers, but they are, they're, they're just different in ways. And it's really cool to see Sony gravitating to that community where it does seem like Nikon and Canon are very much still just working with world-renowned professional right. uh, photographers, which is fine. But there's just the, there's a real community within you know these types of photographers that are also utilizing your product, and you should probably figure out a way to engage those people. Yeah, I think it's just more Sony's being more inclusive, whereas the other brands seem like an almost impossible goal. So of course, people want to gravitate towards the group that's going to include them i think right 
What's the craziest thing you, I know you guys travel a lot. You guys are definitely like hitting road trips all the time. What's the craziest thing that's ever happened on one of your photo shoots? Um, craziest thing, like dramatic. Or like... <laughs> dramatic. <laughs> or uh, like beautiful. <laughs> yeah. It, yeah. It could be anything. Like it could just be like dramatic or beautiful or like scary, <laughs> you know? Oh my gosh. After there was a hike I was doing with two of my best friends in uh, Glacier, Montana, Glacier National Park, Montana. And it was this 11 mile hike and we had bear spray with us and we saw like grizzly bear prints and we were like getting really nervous and we were just finishing up the hike, thankfully. And we got down to the hike and then we were like just chilling around the trails for a few hours and we ran into a ranger and he was like you guys aren't doing that hike are you and we're like oh we actually just finished it a few hours ago and he was like oh my god thank god a grizzly just chased a man for six miles down the mountain and like uh bit him like twice and he was like running for his life i can't i can't remember if he died or not i can't remember what he said but we were like, oh, my God, we saw the footprints. <laughs> like, we were just, like, freaking out. So that was, like, kind of wild. And then for, like, the rest of the trip, we, like, we saw bear poop later. And we were just, like, freaking out. <laughs> so it's dangerous. Like, there's, it's not a joke. You know, you got to be really safe when you go do those stuff, like, those hikes in the middle of the wild. And definitely be prepared because, man, it was, I was definitely scared. That's terrifying. Yeah. That is, and... Yeah, those grizzlies are no joke. I mean, they're f they're fast. They're really fast and agile. Yeah, can you imagine running six miles down a mountain with a grizzly just chasing you? Like, I ooh. couldn't imagine getting chased by a squirrel for six miles, let alone <laughs> yeah. like. First of all, six miles is six miles. Like, I don't like. I'm not in shape to just run for six. I don't know anyone I can just run six miles. <laughs> I, yeah. I, and especially being chased by a type of bear, I imagine that's like a different type of running. You like right. instincts <laughs> kick in, and it's like you know. Yeah, fly. and you're bleeding from like God knows where you're bleeding from because you already bit you once. Like, oh my gosh. Oh yeah. That's, uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> what do you think? Do you have any tips for I guess people that are going out in nature? Like, is there like a protocols that you and your friends take like you know maybe checking the hiking sites and learning about what wildlife's yes. there what to bring to protect it, what to do in those situations just in case because it's a lot better to probably be proactive and just make yourself aware than to just like go out into mat you know a random forest and have no idea that hey this is brown bear you know this is grizzly bear territory right yeah definitely it's actually probably one of like my biggest pet peeves that i get so many messages about or i see is like people do your research, like be safe, do your research, you know, like look these places up online, you know, find out if there's any restrictions to like, it happens to where you go to a place and you take a photo and then someone's yelling at you because you didn't know you couldn't be there, you know, things like that. And likewise, like I went on a hike a few weeks ago with some friends and it was a really terrible driving trail, like to get to the hike covered in snow we see this couple they are stranded they're just in the snow shivering 
They're like, we've been stuck out here for hours just hoping that someone decides to do this hike today. Our car is stuck. It's like deep snow and they're like in a little Toyota. You know, it's like, come on, people, please do your research that that was not a trail that your car could go down at all. You know, and then they were stuck in the snow just freezing and we felt horrible. So we towed their car. We gave, we drove them like back up and got them warm. And I just, I see things like that happen all the time. Or I get so many messages about like, oh, I'm going to this place. Can you give me a detailed list of everything and everywhere to go? And it's like, you have to do the research. <laughs> like, we all have to do the research, you know, ourselves. It's hard work. Even if you're not a planner, you have to try to plan a little bit because something always goes wrong, you know? So Absolutely. Planning is so important. Uh, I'm kind of known as the guy that's like, everyone's annoyed with me like when I'm packing. Because Sorry, my dog is barking. It's, a, it's okay. <laughs> Bring him over to the couch so he'll relax. Wait, come here, Bubba. <laughs> She's trying to get attention. <laughs> she just wandered off. Sorry. It's okay, <laughs> little mama. Uh, but yeah, no, I'm, you know, I'm the guy that, you know, sometimes people get irritated because I have a little extra stuff, but it's just like, dude, it always, but then when things happen, it's like, oh, thank God Prince brought a headlamp. Thank God he had a first aid kit on him. Thank God he had this. Thank God he brought the raincoat. Like, and there's there's a big difference between being cool and like being prepared and sometimes totally. I sometimes I go out like I showed up to our first meetup in San Francisco at Sutro Bass because it was raining and I look like a fisherman like I seriously look so ridiculous <laughs> <laughs> but hey like everyone else was like annoyed because it was wet and they were getting their nice shoes dirty and I'm just like smacking through the rain and my like I had these green like massive green like rubber rain boots and like Nice. I looked completely ridiculous, but I was comfortable. I was warm. I wasn't wet. I was dry. And like, totally. Uh, I feel the exact same way that my friends call me grandma here because it's like I'm the one that gonna, that's going to be worrying or like making sure that we're all safe. And yeah. <laughs> it's, it's the old soul in us, adventurous, but still like, you know, just on top of things. <laughs> totally. <laughs> so let's talk about your travels. How many countries have you been to? Uh, geez, I'm not really sure off the top of my head, but I was uh, born and raised in the UK, in England. And then when I was about 10, I moved to Singapore and okay. lived in Singapore for a few years. And then I lived in Australia for a few months. And then I moved to California, Washington and Oregon. And then since then, you know, really been just exploring the u.s doing all the different states and national parks and then obviously like iceland stole my heart so yeah so you're pretty much moving to iceland after you get married <laughs> i really really want to i've been like researching it a ton i don't know if it's going to be possible because i guess like having dogs there isn't really a thing it's oh. like they only really have dogs there for like if they're working. like working dogs. So it's kind of like a new thing there to have like a pet. And um, yeah, mm -hmm. I I don't know about what would happen with the dogs, but I would I would move there in a heartbeat for sure. Yeah, that place is it's on my list. I haven't been yet, but it's it's yeah, it's on the list. What about so the U.S.? What are your favorite? First of all, the U.S. is amazing. We live in like one of the most beautiful places 
on earth like north america is stunning we have every type of landscape and so i wanted to kind of talk about your travels with the united states because a lot of times it's easy like considering most of us are from the u.s no one ever wants to talk about traveling the u.s it's always like we got to leave to go to this country or that country yet there's so many badass places that people have never been and it's just like a quick car trip or like a quick cheap flight uh so what are your summer uh, (laughs) so (laughs) so what are some of your favorite places to travel with in the united states um i mean i always love zion in utah zion is just so beautiful i love glacier national park i really want to go there montana is amazing I'm really excited to go back to where we're leaving for right after this phone call, uh, Mammoth Lakes in California. I just love it because it's like where snowy mountains meet the desert, and that's like perfect. Yeah, probably those are probably my top three. I really want to go to Alaska this year. I have never Mm. been, so that is on my top um, and I always, even though it's not U.S., I obviously love going up to Canada to Banff and stuff because it's just classic. But Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. How do you afford to travel? <laughs> That's so funny that people people always ask me that, like, what do I have to do to quit my job and travel? And it's like, I, you just <laughs> quit your job. <laughs> like, it's a choice. And, you know, Instagram is just so... it's another thing that drives me crazy about it like some people are super successful and killing it and making zillions of dollars where they get to travel me i am still broke (laughs) like i travel like dirt cheap you know most of the time i'm sleeping in my car and to some people that's insane i've had some people be like you're going on this trip and you're sleeping in your car are you crazy and it's like that's what I do. That's how I have to make it work. You know, I'm not at that point where I'm a zillionaire who can afford to travel wherever. I'm hustling really hard and pretty damn broke, you know? So you just do what you got to do. Like all your money goes towards gas and you just go. Dude, I have, I have so much respect for you for just like laying that all out. I mean, so I, you know, I, like I know this space extremely well. I've been, in this space for the last decade, I've owned production companies uh, and have done just all types of things, you know, over the over the years. And with Instagram, you have like a lot of people that either will put off the facade that they've made it. Um, so it's really nice and humbling to hear you just like give an authentic, real answer. And it's like, this is what it's really like, because that's what it's like for most people, you know, and there's nothing wrong with with that type of traveling, even when you have money, oftentimes like, like for us, like getting hotels and stuff. So a, it's a pain in the ass. I despise hotels because it's just like, it's not like a very social thing. Like, you know, normally you're in multiple rooms, you can't see anyone. So if we do get a place, you know, it's normally an Airbnb car camping's amazing, especially for photographers, considering we're normally shooting sunset and out late, you know, into dusk. And then we want to get up first thing in the morning for sunrise. So like even getting a hotel that like, doesn't even make sense because you're not it's like you're going to pay 200 bucks to sleep for four hours. <laughs> like, right. wants, So like, we yeah, we'll sleep in our car all the time. You know, we'll, the three of us will hop in the truck and 
go down to San Francisco and uh, Santa Cruz and Oregon and do like a seven day, 10 day trip for like a thousand dollars between three people and like see so much. And all of our food is just going to gas and, and food. You know, that's where the money's going. It's not, yeah. you know, we're not staying in fancy hotels and like, that's not, that's not what it's a, like for us. That's not what it's about. Like we want to be out in nature doing our thing and we want to be as close as possible and we want to be in the action. And yeah, at times it sucks when you're with a bunch of stinky dudes in a car. And like It's cold outside, so the windows are up and it's foggy and it's it's just like, I got to get out of this car. But for the most part, it's it's a blast. Like, it's just a fun, it's fun. And there's always like really cool stories to take away. And like you said, traveling is just a choice. Like, it's not a lot of money. You just save up some cash, throw some gas in your tank and hit the road. And it's really that simple. Yeah. Yep, totally. Do you have any like hacks or tips? Is there anything that you've found during your travels that helps? Oh, I just, my thing is grandma again, bring extra socks, keep those feet dry. (laughs) And, uh, you know, things like keeping your batteries inside your like down jacket pocket to keep your batteries from freezing. I always go to REI and stock up on like those value packs of like hand warmers and stuff like you know road trips and traveling and sleeping in your car gets crappy really fast if you're cold so just always being prepared and staying warm is like my thing we'll go to rei too and get those like those like freeze-dried bags of food like camping food you know and we'll just live off that for a little bit yeah, I think that's kind of just what I do. I pretty much like don't even unpack my like suitcase either. I just like kind of leave all my camping stuff in there and cuz it's like okay, I'm going to do this again soon anyway. <laughs> so, yep. And if you have the space, coolers are so legit. Like if you yeah. have space to like make sandwiches and like pre like just buy food and snacks and just throw it in a cooler, a your trip so much more enjoyable cuz you don't have to like stop every gas station stop because someone in the group's hungry and wants to get out and eat you know which sucks like when you're traveling with the group it's like dude those constant stops and things like that like it really does slow down the progression so it's really nice to like to be sustainable in the car to just have everything you need yeah minus a girl like having to like stop to pee all the time yeah (laughs) we i try my best (laughs) uh let's talk about social media uh a little bit so how do you feel about the state of Instagram today and how it affects like your art and getting work? Oh man, it's hard. I People are usually surprised by this. Well, I get a lot of messages about it, but I have a, I have a very love-hate relationship with Instagram, especially right now. Um, you know, I'm beyond thankful for it because literally – all the closest people in my life are because of that app. Like Ashley, Ashley in Wonderland, we met through Instagram and we were like, wow, instantly like soulmates, best friends. And my fiance and then literally my entire friend group, we all met because we were like, hey, want to go hiking today? You know, through a DM. And then we all became best friends. So I owe that to Instagram, which is huge. And, you know, various job opportunities that help me to survive to keep going on these road trips. 
but there's a lot of things about it right now that are really hard. Just, you know, reading articles about, um, I have a, I have a Facebook group that I started with a friend. It's kind of just for photographers and we, we ask like all the hard questions and we get real and stuff. It's called We the Creatives because it's, we started it to be about um, community over competition. And so we discuss things in there a lot. And one of the things that we were discussing recently was that an article got released that um, the CEO of Facebook or something, he quit because apparently he's super depressed and can't live with himself because he helped invent this algorithm and the way they created it was to get people addicted to Facebook and Instagram, to get addicted to seeing those numbers go up, those likes go up and release the dopamine in their brain, you know, similar to like doing drugs or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then when they don't get that dopamine to start getting really depressed, you know, when their photo's not doing well. And so definitely everyone's been experiencing that. I don't, I don't know, I know a few people, but not many people that are affected by this, you know, their photos aren't doing as well. And then they feel like they're not getting as many jobs and it's creating this like nasty competition and people are getting so thirsty to climb the ladder, you know, and it's just bums me out. I can't, I don't like dealing with it. I don't like that being a part of my life, but it's kind of like a necessary evil that gets talked about all the time. And so that's like the one thing that bums me out. And, you know, just hearing, seeing all these petitions and everything of everyone, like bring chronological back, get rid of the algorithm. And yet like Instagram's still not listening to it. Like that's a bummer, you know, like knowing that they're favoring money over the people that are building the app or a part of the app. So that's just like bums me out. And so I'm like, oh, I wish I could take a break from it. But, you know, it's kind of like it's how I survive. So I can't. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's it's uh, yeah, it's it's one of those things where it's it's really tough because Instagram kind of became the platform for creators and of course it was beautiful in the early days before uh and 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 it's just same thing with facebook like right like i don't know how early you were on facebook but i remember in 2008 or i shouldn't even say 2008 2007 after graduating high school you know i got my edu email address because i got accepted to college and i was like cool i can get a facebook now yeah Uh, and even back then like it was way different it was it was it was cool like facebook was really awesome it was about community and connecting people before it turned into the monster uh like most of these companies and apps do because they are you know they're venture backed and they have shareholders and they have all this money put into these 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 you know the software and 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 these companies and they want to see a return and the only way for them to get the return is to basically turn their community into dollar signs and advertising um and so it's tough uh i feel bad for a lot of artists i've seen amazing artists disappear for you know one of my favorite artists disappeared for almost a year and a half just gone uh and i'm glad he's back i don't need to bring up his name but i'm just i'm glad he's back and creating again but instagram had a large part of that like instagram there is a dark side to instagram that people don't talk about and i know a lot of artists that go through depression and deal with a lot of really difficult things because i think there's just this facade around numbers and if you have numbers that means you're making money 
even though there's guys that have 300,000 followers that I know and call me and they're like, I can't figure this out. Like I'm not making any money and I have all these followers and I get all this engagement and I can't even, you know, figure this thing out. And so I think, I think people need to focus more on being just real photographers, real creators and not leaning so heavily on Instagram to just like for things to just pop in. Like, I think it's, I think it's just something on top of what you're doing. Like Instagram's a great tool, but it's just a tool, you know, it's not going to just get you business because you have followers and this, there's a lot of other pieces that are tied with that. Do you have, you know, along as far as what you said, do you have like anything, any ideas that you think could make it more productive for people and to whether or not getting caught up in, in those things? Like, how do you deal with that stuff? Well, I, from day one, you know, have been telling myself that Instagram's not forever. You know, it's just probably like MySpace or something, you know, it's not going to last forever. Um, so I'm constantly always trying to find, like figure out how to, uh, you know, build clients and relationships outside of Instagram. And it's very hard because at least in my realm, you know, it's like when I'm like trying to work with a client outside of Instagram, you know, then they see my Instagram and then they're like, oh, but we could put it on your Instagram, you know? So it's kind of like this like catch 22. So yeah, for me, I, it's so hard, but it's like, we have to like ignore the numbers and seriously just post what you love. And if you feel like you're in a rut, you know, do what you got to do to get out of that rut and like trace, chase creativity. You know, if you need to go in a new direction, go in a new direction, you know, post what you want to post. And if you're just like a genuine, authentic person, people tend to want to follow that. They, people can see when an account's really fake and it's like just becoming all ads, all like there's no heart in it or they're just doing it for the money. You can start to feel that after a while. So just, I don't know, always being honest and genuine, I feel like is like the core and just keep photographing what you love because someone's going to love it too. How do you feel about the word sellout? Sellout? Ugh, it's, that's hard. I think that's such like, that's such a thing just with all artists, you know, it, it's hard because if you like with like being a traveling photographer, if you want to keep doing that, you have to make money at some point. So at some point you have to sell your photography, you know, but I think there, you can do that in a way that still feels like genuine and authentic versus you become like a sellout where you're just whoring yourself to like every opportunity and nothing's real. You're literally just doing everything for money. There's no creativity. You, you're not even happy. Like, I think there's like kind of two types, I guess I would say, and one can be good and one can be really dangerous. Absolutely. I, I was reading, I was reading some stuff. I read a lot and I was reading the other day and I saw this, this funny uh, write up and it was basically talking about art and artists and selling out. And when Walt Disney started to make a, a bunch of money, he got like this really long letter from a fan that basically just like, you're a sellout. Like, you're no longer Walt Disney. You're a sellout. You're only doing this for the money, blah, 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 blah. And so Walt wrote him a simple, like two sentence letter back. And it's just like, my friend, you have everything wrong. He's like, I don't create art to make money. I make money so that I can continue to create more art. And right. so 
And I notice a lot of photographers are in this mindset of like, oh, you know, I don't, I want to do this, but I don't want to sell out. I want to do this, but I don't want to sell out. And it's like, hey, you're not selling out. I mean, obviously, as long as you stick to your values, like you said, like selling out would be like, oh, I'm going to go. Uh, I'm going to post a tobacco ad. I don't even smoke cigarettes, but <laughs> yeah, I'm just exactly. like, Marble, Marble wants to pay me. So like, I'm going to go push cigarettes for like, totally. the next month. Like I'm all about yeah. Marble Reds. Totally. I think that's selling out, but I don't think there's anything wrong with making money around your art. Like, artists have to get, oh, it's like the only space that does this. No other type of person is like, oh, I can't make money. Like, but artists have like this weird dichotomy to where it's like, you're either an artist or you're in it for the money, but you can't be both. And uh, I think the best artists in the world are the people that figure that out. It's like, hey, the reality is to create art and to create the type of art you want to do, like you really do need money. Like it helps. It's just a tool. It's not like money's some evil thing. It's just a tool that allows you to either get props, gear, people, places, whatever the hell it may be. And it just allows you to tell better stories and create more interesting things for you know, your community to, to engage with and to hopefully inspire them. And hopefully you have some vision behind your art and with vision, uh, let's talk about philosophy a little bit. Like, you know, what's your vision with your art? Like, why do you create? I just honestly, I just always go after what my gut is telling me to do. That's been like a huge theme. If something makes me feel alive, then I go for it. You know, if I get you know, traveling and hiking and stuff that makes me feel alive. Like when I'm on a trail with friends, having an amazing conversation and snapping a few photos, that's like my favorite. That's what makes me feel alive. But then if I get burnt out on that and I'm not quite, it's not quite making me feel alive like it did, then it's like, I need to switch directions and like just creating is just for me constantly chasing after what makes you feel alive. Like what your gut is like, yes, this if that makes sense. Yeah, no, for sure. And I think for some people, it's almost like something speaking through, you know, like sometimes you just like get this jolt and you're just like, I have to go do this thing or I have this idea and I don't know where it came from, but I need to go and like make this thing happen because it appeared in my head one day and I want to go after that. And so uh, I think that's cool. What do you think some of the keys to living a good life are? Um, kind of like what I was saying earlier, I always go back to being honest and genuine, like, like through this silly app, I've met some people that have been awful and I've just, I, but then I've also met some of the most truly like self-aware, genuine, authentic people that are going to be in my life forever. And I want to reflect that as well. Like if I meet someone off the street or whatever, or someone like recognizes me or something, I want to be like, yo, this is who I am and like honest and genuine and like, I can't stand fakeness. Like I just have to be real. And I think that's the key to living a good life. Whenever I've been in like a corporate job, you know, and you have to fake it till you make it and put on that smile, that kills my soul. Like that makes me depressed. I can't do it. I have to just be real. Like I, I cuss like a sailor. I'm a weirdo, you know, and I think a lot of people – a lot of people struggle with actually just being themselves in front of everyone else. And I think that is definitely a key to happiness is just being so comfortable with who you are and then treating others in that way. Absolutely. And I think it's being comfortable with who you are or with like who you want to be. Like, 
I noticed like a lot of people are like, I talked, you know, to tons of people and uh, artists all the time. And a lot of artists are like, you know, I just, I'm just lost. I'm trying to figure out who I am or who like blah, blah, blah. And I think there's two sides. There's like the discovery side of like, okay, trying to discover who you are. But there's also the side of like, dude, you can be whoever the hell you want to be. What do you want to be like? And be that person. If you're not, if you've been this person your whole life because of this environment, these circumstances, but that's not in your heart, that's not what feels right. And you want to be this courageous outdoors person, or you want to be this person or that person, then go be that person. Yeah. And I think we, we always go through these cycles. Like I always go through cycles where I feel really lost and then really found and then really lost and really found. But I think in the midst of that, you can still keep your core of like, I will always be honest. I will always be kind. And those values, even if you're going through a hard time or a lost time, like people will still gravitate towards you because you're like the only person around them that's actually being honest with them, you know? Mm-hmm. I think that's, I think values are important. And I think, I think it's like a core set of values, which is like why I have like my, my group of friends and like the people I hang around. It's not, it's not necessarily because like, Oh, we're all into photography and music and nature and this and that. And we have all this in common. It's more or less just like, dude, we have some stuff in common, but the reality is like, we just have our values are what brings us together. Mm -hmm. It's like, we all just have very similar values, which makes it really easy to be around each other. Uh, all the time you know totally and so uh that's cool um so we're getting close to wrapping up here i'd normally like to end the podcast with you know asking our guest to leave the aov community with some form of inspiration or whatever they want to talk about if there's something that you want to let people know or if there's a certain subset of people you want to communicate to right now feel free but you can think about it for a few minutes or whatever you need, but yeah, this is your time to just kind of drop some knowledge and just let the community uh, know how you feel and whether that's inspiration or talking about something, whatever it may be. Um, I don't know. Something I mean, I think about a lot is there's this quote I love that goes, um, he who cannot howl cannot find his own pack and being little wolf, you know, kind of relevant. <laughs> and I just think about that quote a lot. And to me, it it's very much like a reminder of like, like we've just been talking about stay genuine, stay authentic. Don't just say that. There's a lot of people talking about being authentic, but like actually be authentic, you know, be weird, go out with your wolf pack and run around and do weird crap and howl and laugh and, you know, get creative together. I think so many times like I feel like so much in Instagram people are getting caught up in like competitiveness and it's like take it back to like the roots of you know what what truly matters and yeah I think that social media too can be such a powerful thing for loving on people and you know educating in a loving way versus you know a bullying way of throwing all your opinions out there um and I think that's powerful and people should you know, be wise and consider like the message they're sending to everyone. Yeah, I feel like I'm going on a rant. But <laughs> no, yeah, that would probably that, be it. That was beautiful. Thank you so much for coming on. You slayed it. Community's gonna love it, and so we appreciate you. You know, being a part of this awesome community and 
taking the time out of your day to come on to this podcast. Thank you for listening. Please share the Art of Visuals podcast with your friends and make sure to hit that subscribe button. Sharing is caring. You can follow Art of Visuals on Instagram at Art of Visuals or sign up for the Art of Visuals newsletter on artofvisuals.com. Join us next episode for more, but until then, let's continue to visually inspire the world together.